Welcome back to the Midas Touches. I'm your host, Tris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. Still can't quite get over that intro. So today we've got three races that we're going to be looking at primarily. We've got the 2.30 from Weatherby, the Bet365 Hurdle, which is a grade two. We've then got the 3.05, which is the Charlie Hall Chase. Last year, won by surname. And then we're looking at the grade one from Down Royal, Labrooks Champion Chase, in which Cheltenham Gold Cup winner from 2021, Manella Indo, makes his reappearance under superstar Rachel Blackmore. We're then gonna be bringing on our first exclusive guest to the podcast. The man really needs no introduction. He is the England and Lions legend, Tom Curry. Sadly, he's gonna be coming on after we've looked at those three races that I've just spoken about. It's gonna be a fantastic interview in which he releases some reasonably uh, interesting information on a few characters within the England team. Anyway, let's move on to talking about the three races. So the first race that we're going to be looking at is the 2.30 at Weatherby, which is a bet 365 hurdle, a grade two over three miles. We've got stairs hurdle champion Paisley Park who heads the market at 9-4 for Emma Lavelle. Thomas Darby comes in at 7-2 for Ollie Murphy. Master Tommy Tucker for Paul Nichols, 5-1. Indefatigable for Paul Weber, 13-2. Run for Oscar for Charles Burns at 9-1. Proschema for the Skeletons, 12-1. Ask Dylan for Fergal O'Brien, 20s. And Slatehouse brings up the rear for Colin Tizard at 25s. Charlie, where is your money on this one? Well, firstly, Tris, I'm not too sure about your pronunciation. You uh, will probably be an outtake for this one, but indefatigable was not said right first time. Uh, that's an exclusive for our listeners. But also, I'm pretty sure it's Prashima. I might be wrong no, there. I said Prashima, no? I said Proschima. Proschima. Well, maybe that's well, that's well, the Italian. Well, that, well, I'm on slide. We're a little bit, a little bit tired here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll let it slide. But anyway, neither of those are the horses that I'm going for. The one I am going for is Master Tommy Tucker, trained by Paul Nichols, ridden by Harry Cobden. First thing to mention is probably those two are in red-hot form at the moment. Nichols firing at a 29% strike rate in Cobden, 35. So yeah, they're, they're, they're absolutely flying at the moment and in, and in high-profile races, no less, like, like this one is. I think that his front-running style is going to help him out in this race. I'm not I'm not sure there's going to be all too much pace and I think he can probably dictate from the front he can if he can get an easy lead here then the race could be put to bed before anyone even has a say in it I think it's worth mentioning also of course this is his first time back hurdling since his novice season yeah that's got to be a good decision I mean when he was chasing last season some of those jumps were just ridiculous you didn't know if he was going to jump left Look, or right or he's exactly he's a, he's a very erratic horse I think I'd say 
over the fences. Going back hurdling, I think he, he's unbeaten over hurdles, albeit it was just two races, but it's still worth noting. His his hurdle rating is 152, whereas he, he's reached 160 over fences, um, which is obviously is worth noting. I think so comparing that mark of 160 to the favorite here Paisley Park who is also giving Master Tommy Tucker 6 pounds he's actually 3 pounds well in on that horse so that is another yet another tick in his box and I just think okay so one one thing I did notice about his form was the the one time he's only ridden once over 3 miles and he did fall but who knows what would happen if he if he'd stayed on his feet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a sound logic there, mate. Um, <laughs> he could have, he could well have got the win. He could be one from one from from yeah. three mile races. Upgrade so, that fall. So I'm I'm gonna choose to ignore the fact that he fell and and assume that he would have won if he hadn't. Okay, so we've got Master Tommy Tucker for Charlie. I'm gonna go for Ask Dylan here, who's currently twenty to one. I imagine could be a lot shorter after we've uh, released this podcast on Friday morning. Arsenal was sixth in the Potemps handicap at Cheltenham, followed this run with a really strong performance back at Cheltenham, winning a Class 2 handicap in April. He was tried out for the first time this season over fences, which clearly didn't go well, finishing last of the four. I think it's a really, really nice switch back to the hurdles here which should see an improved run. I really like the fact that he's going to be fit coming into this. Fergal O'Brien's been training a lot of winners, and we've now got jockey Liam Harrison rebooked on the horse after Paddy Brennan got the leg up last time. Further to this, we've got quite a punchy stat, which was brought out by Charlie this afternoon. Fergal O'Brien has traded at a 27% strike rate at Weatherby in the last five seasons, which is quite remarkable. So I think at 20 to 1 here, you're getting a bit of value against the field. I'm going to take on Paisley Park because as much as I love him, and I think it's a great story with his owner, Andrew Gemmell, who's clearly an absolutely lovely man. I really think that it's worth uh, looking at something a little bit lower down the market. And I think Ask Dylan fits the bill there for me. So fingers crossed, we might have a bit of value there against the favourite for you guys. Moving on to the second race that we're going to be covering, which is the 305 at Weatherby, the Charlie Hall Chase, which last year was won by Surname, who was the highest rated jumps horse in Britain. Looking at the market for this one, Surname tops the bill at 6-5, to five, Clondor Castle for Tom George 5-1, to one, Chamblou for the Skeletons at 5s, Fusel Raffles 13-2 for Nicky, Kitty's Light, Comes in next at 12 to 1 for Christian Williams, Mighty Thunder for Lucinda Russell at 25s, and at the bottom of the market, Top Phil Ben for Phil Kirby at 33 to 1. Interesting matchup this. Clearly, surname is going to dominate the top of the market there. Charlie, what, what's your opinion on this one? Yeah, so I'm going to go for our man Nicky here. I, I, like, I like this horse. I think Fusil Raffles is, is the bet for me. I think so. One thing that listeners, regular listeners to the podcast, are, are going to learn to, or are, are going to begin to realise, is the fact that I love early season. I love a horse that's had a run, has had a little pipe opener, 
and Fusil Raffles fits the bill for me. He had a nice run uh, when second behind Brave Man's Game and Newton Abbott the other day, which has just sort of probably set his season on the right track and I think would, would be really important for this run here. I think that, once again, I think there's going to be a bit of a lack of pace here. And Fusil Raffles, it's worth noting that he is stepping up to three miles here for the first time. Yeah, that's got to be a worry for me. Well, it might be if it weren't for the fact that, again, no one wants to go forward. And I think he can dictate from the front. If Daryl plays this right, I think he can dictate from the front and just get a sprint on at the end. And look, anything can happen with that those kind of tactical rides. And I'm just hoping that, that Daryl plays it like that and Fusil Raffles can just, just beat him for pace at the end. Look, last season... He went off nine to four favourite, uh, having been backed for the grade one novices chase at Aintree. Okay, admittedly, he was pulled up that day. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about these horses not finishing that, that appeals to you so much? Look, I always think when, when, when someone's getting behind a horse, there are always reasons for it. And those those reasons for that run were undoubtedly his his run the time before in the novices chase at Cheltenham uh, a three length defeat to uh, Chantry House which that in itself another grade one is, is fantastic form so he was going into that a red hot favorite and yes sadly pulled up when never really going that day but he's got all the chance in the world if repeating that Cheltenham form here one thing also I would say is so surname's clearly quite a quite a st- solid favourite, but he's just had wind surgery for the second time. Now, for me, that would be a bit of a concern. I know a, a lot of people live by the mantra that first time out after wind surgery is is a big yes, but for me, I'm a bit worried. Two times that that seems a bit excessive. It sounds to me as though he could have been on the touches over over the, <laughs> over the summer break. And has got a bit of a respiratory problem as a result. So for that reason, I'm not so keen on surname. But obviously, you wouldn't be surprised to see him go win. Yeah, so for me, I I see this as not a particularly strong race in terms of my own selections. Surname, I'm a huge fan of. I think he's such a talented horse. And I would hope that the wind surgery has actually sorted out his problems. But that 6-5 to five price isn't really appealing to me. Um, he did beat Vindication last year on his return when no one really knew if he was going to stay the three miles. He won this race very comfortably. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be recommending you bet six to five. We've got a lot of rain forecast at Weatherby over the next two days. That's a good point. If it got really muddy, I think I'd be going down to Lucinda Russell's Mighty Thunder. Now, there's a couple of reasons why I say this. First of all, we've had a lot of previous winners of this race who have actually gone on to run very well or even win the Grand National. Mighty Thunder holds the same sort of scope as a horse, having run over four miles last season, winning two and coming second in one, including a grade three. For me, I think that this staying prowess could be brought to the fore here. And if it really turns into a bog, I'd be behind this one. I think 20 to one is a really good price. For a trainer who is currently trading at 25% at the moment, and for me, a very small bet on Mighty Thunder 
each way wouldn't go amiss. Finally, for our big race preview, we're going to be jumping across the Irish Sea to Darwin Royal, where they're hosting the Grade 1 Labrooks Champion Chase. Just looking at the market quickly, we've got Manella Indo, the 2021 Cheltenham Gold Cup champion at Evans for Henry de Bromhead. Galvin for Gordon Elliott at fours. Frodon for Paul Nichols at nine to two, makes the trip across the Irish Sea. Then we've got Delta White for Gordon Elliott at nines. And Ravenhill, another Gordon Elliott runner at 66s. Gordon Elliott's really dominating this field. Three out of the five runners. It's going to be an interesting one. Maybe a bit of a ding-dong battle. Maybe a setup by Gordon Elliott and he's just going to get Galvin to win and ruin the chance of Manella Indo. I don't know. Do you know? Charlie, what do you think? My horse in this one's going to be Delta Work. Now, honestly, okay, I'd actually, I'd caveat that firstly by saying this for me is probably a watch and enjoy sort of brief. I would rather just have a good time watching this race with, you know, the quality horses that are in this field Look, it's a five-runner with, well, what had been an odds-on favourite, now evens. And for me, that that's not really my thing, I don't think. But what I will give you is I'm going to tip up. Well, I'm not even tipping up. I'm, I'm going to, for the sake of this, I'm going to say that I sort of like Delta work for Gordon Elliott and Jack Kennedy. Now, this has become a bit of a talking horse over the past 24 hours because Gordon Elliott has gone and pulled rank and taken Jack Kennedy off Manella Indo, whom he won the Gold Cup on at 9-1. to one. And he has made him go and ride Delta Work. Now, of course, that isn't really that significant because Jack Kennedy is the stable jockey to Gordon Elliott. And so uh, I don't think we should read too much into that. But just an interesting story that's been developing over the last 24 hours on that. For me, that that almost confirms the fact that Gordon Elliott is really just trying to f*** up this race. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a good point. Yeah, but now you mentioned he's got three out of the five runners. He's really just trying to, he's trying to be a bit of a dick about it. Doesn't want, doesn't want Henry de Bromhead to go and win this with Manella Indo, which looks the most likely outcome, certainly if you read the betting. I think... One thing I would say about Delta Work, I do think that if returning to his early 2020 form... Uh, which saw him record RPRs of 172 and 173 with wins at Leopardstown. That would put him in the frame. That was really, really strong form uh, against the likes of Kenboy. And uh, that could, I think, I think that could feasibly see him figure here. But as I say, it's it's going to be a race where I'm just going to come come 250. I'm going to be sitting back, keeping my money in my pocket, and I'm just going to enjoy the spectacle. I'm not. I think that Frodon's got a really good chance here. I really love a horse that can come out and win on reappearance. And last year, we saw just that from Frodon, who turned up at Cheltenham and posted an RPR of 170, which would get him bang there against Manella Endo, who's yet to have a, a start this season. I think that Paul Nichols is an unbelievable trainer who's in red hot form at the moment. So the main reason why I love Frodon so much is because of Paul Nichols' form when taking runners over to Down Royal. I said this stat to Charlie earlier when we were off air and he gasped. 
had to, I honestly had to pick my jaw up off the floor. Paul Nichols, when sending horses to Down Royal, he sent 24 runners there. 11 of them have won. To have that strike rate, 45% is just incredible. And you can still get Frodon, I think, at 9-2. to two. Bryony Frost has been sent over. We've seen all of the things about her in the news recently, and it would be great for her to get a winner in this race. So Frodon is the one that I'm going to be backing on Saturday. It's hopefully going to be a big win, starting off a big season for the Brits, leading towards Cheltenham at Presbury Park. guys are probably bored of hearing us speak now here's the main event of the podcast we have managed to get tom curry on to speak with us today which is very exciting hopefully for all of our listeners it's definitely exciting for us we recorded an interview with him about half an hour ago he has told us some pretty interesting things about the england rugby team including things about none other than eddie jones keep listening and you'll find out what went on when we spoke to tom Right, so now is the time where we can introduce our esteemed guest of the day, <laughs> Mr. Tom Curry, joins us online, live. Hey guys, you alright? Welcome Tom, nice to have you on. Yeah mate, so where are you at the moment and what are you up to? currently residing in Horizon Hotel um, in Jersey. Um, what are we up to? Just relaxing. Um, we had a tough session this morning, we got a tough session tomorrow. So, um, yeah, actually, to be fair, did media with my sister, which was a first today. With your sister? Um, for B- yeah, for BBC Jersey. Oh, nice. Um, so that was quite a nice little experience. Um, she was pretty nervous. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, apart from that, just relaxing, sleeping, getting ready for a big one tomorrow. When can we, uh, when can we expect the BBC Jersey documentary to be out? on Tom Curry and Charlotte Curry. <laughs> uh, it is out tonight. Um, BBC Channel. I'm not sure if the Channel Islands gets further than the Channel Islands, but I'll let you know. Yeah, it's, uh, I've definitely never heard of BBC Jersey until now, but I will definitely give it a watch if we, can, be, if we can find it. Yeah, I'll be illegally streaming it somewhere. Have they got internet there? <laughs> In Jersey? Yeah. It's not very good. I can... There's a few ways to test it out, but right. it's, uh, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Your voice sounds clear <laughs> as hell on here, so I think we're doing all right. Um, so you've got three big games coming up uh, against Tonga, Australia and South Africa. Uh, are we looking for a sort of clean sweep, three games for the England team? Always, um, you know, especially, you know, big games, all, all big teams, especially Tonga, massive. Um, are they? I think it's... I think it's size, massive, aren't they? just like size. big people. Oh, right, I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it should be exciting. Um, different different teams kind of offer different things, don't they? Which is going to be a different, a nice, exciting challenge for a, a young team or a new put-together team. Um, so, yeah, it should be exciting. Um, and then, so how's, how's Marcus Smith fitting into the fold? There's been quite a lot of chat about him and Owen Farrell uh, going to play together, potentially. But you don't know. You don't yeah. know. I mean, we train all sorts of things these days. Um, I'm pretty sure I found myself a 13 today. Um, 
but you know we we're just different combinations um he's a good lad to be fair um first and foremost um so those two probably get on quite well yeah i guess you've got to try, um, these, yeah. try these things out and obviously the match against south africa that'll be the first time you play against them since the since the lions and the first time that england have played against them since the world cup final do you feel there's a bit of um a bit of unfinished unfinished business on the pitch there uh, yeah, now there's always unfinished business kind of with, I'll give you a straight straight back answer. There's always unfinished business in sport, isn't it? It's like the re- revolving door. You're always playing someone again, aren't you? Um, so yeah, there's unfinished business, but kind of, there's no frustration. Um, otherwise it'd be a pretty selfish thing. So it's, it's all about like dropping that sort of stuff um, and just cracking on with the job, job in front really, um, because there'll be a different team and, and we're certainly a different team. Well so, done. Yeah, it should be a good one. That's good. Well, good luck, mate, um, from both me and Charlie. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> uh, we can't wait. Good luck. Hopefully see you there. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. mate. Definitely. Sure. Um, <laughs> and now, okay, let's let's move on to talking a bit more about racing. Um, obviously, you were spotted at Cheltenham in 2020 with a couple of lads, uh, namely Jamie George, Elliot Daly and Ellis Genge, who had decided to don one of the most criminal outfits <laughs> out there at the moment in the... Yeah, that's week, that took weeks of planning, apparently. <laughs> weeks of planning, really. It's a bit of a cliche. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, you were you were spotted in that blue suit. Would would you go any further than that in your outfit choice for the day? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not even... I'm not that much of a fan. Uh, I'd prefer to keep it a bit less attention, you know, just, seeking just almost. Down low. Yeah. Just slide, exactly. Keep slide it down low. Um, just keep it simple, smart, like nice little navy suit. Um, I'm pretty your... sure that same navy suit has been like three or four now. What's your um, so it's, on it's, it's done me well. Um, and then, what's been your favourite day at the races ever? Oh, it's gonna be Newmarket. Yeah. If, if it's like, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't, what year was that? Uh, 2019, the year before COVID, ruined our lives. Oh. Um, yeah, started off nice in a grassy field, ended up stroking horses in someone's house. So <laughs> that's not a pun either. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a pretty, not just a good day, but a good, actually it was a good day, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And not just a good event, a good day. Uh, the, the stroking horses pretty good at the end of it, right? No pun intended. Always, always. Yeah. <laughs> well mate that, that's good to uh that's good to know right um now the juice is flowing let's quickly move on to the quick fire q a session ollie gunner solskjaer in or out out what would you be if you weren't a rugby player a geography student <laughs> flat or jumps slash racing? coffee bruiser uh jumps Pizza or curry? Pizza. What? Ooh, controversial. <laughs> Best moment of your rugby career? Try versus Wales at the Principality. Six times nine. 54. Owen Farrell or Marcus Smith? No comment. Yeah, fair enough. I thought that was going to be the answer. Um, good. That wraps up our quick fire Q&A <laughs> session. We're now going to move on to the most important part of our interview with you. And the real reason we got you on, which was to pick three horses for this weekend. So we've given you three races, which are the, the grade twos at Weatherby 
the Bet365 hurdle and the Charlie Hall chase. And we've given you the grade one at Down Royal, the Labricks champion chase. So, yeah. Tom, what were your three selections? And crucially, uh, what, what were the reasons should, for you choosing them? Should we start Should we start with the 2.30 at Weatherby? The, yeah. The hurdle. Uh, yeah, so for me, this one was... For me, the one that stood out was the master Tommy Tucker, um, ridden, ridden by Harry Cobden, who follows me. Uh, I also <laughs> follow him, so I thought it was quite nice. But also... Um, it was, I think it was my nickname as a kid. It sounds a bit cringy. Um, <laughs> that one was too hard for me. Tommy not Tucker not the master bit. Not the master bit. The Tommy Tucker bit. Really? That's yeah. Good. So I was like, absolutely that one. That Plus, is, it's quite nice odds. That is a lovely reason. That's really good. Well, yeah. be sure that everyone put your money on that one. Oh, Let's nice. get you three oh five at Weatherby, which is the Charlie Hall Chase. Um, so yeah, I spoke to Johnny Hill about this one, and again, it's the the Harry Cobden Paul Nichols collab. Um, obviously a big fan of so far and that's uh, is it surname yeah that's yeah. surname um, Johnny Hill basically rated. said it yeah Johnny Hill said it's an absolute certified winner um, and I th- I'm pretty sure he said he's got money on it so I can't go further afield <laughs> than to back my man Johnny Hill I like that mate I like that that's strong I is, like that you're getting inside info on these jobs is, as well is he a, is he a big uh, racing fan He's huge. Um, whenever you know, he—he, he, I'm pretty sure he's given Eddie tips for Cheltenham. <laughs> so, if he's playing or not in the Six Nations, it depends how good those tips are. <laughs> well, it sounds like it sounds like he's got to be a guest of the future for us then. Yeah, good shout. Once our um, hundred percent. Once once we moved on from you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, we've had two really good tips so far and two lovely reasons for them. Let's go on to the third race, which is the big one of the weekend, the Labricks Champion Chase at Down Royal. See, I was I was going to go on Frodo um, because I like Lord of the Rings. I know it is Frodo. It's obviously Frodo anyway. So I was going <laughs> to go with that one. But then, but then the jockey, Bryony Frost, is from Devon and my ex is from Devon, so I can't do that one. Um... <laughs> So then I went, obviously, just being serious. I did my research. And turns out Dave Ross on Delta Works, 42 years old. And I've got to respect my man for being 42 years old because that's crazy. So Davey Russell's actually now, they had a bit of a flip-flop on the on the jockey bookings today. So Davey Russell's actually now riding Galvin. Um, would you like to go with Galvin then? Because, Jay, because yeah, Russell- just to recap on those, if you just run through quickly your three horses, please, Tom. Um, so my three horses are Master Tommy Tucker, surname, and Galvin. Yeah, nice one. I think those are three very strong selections there from Tom. Well, mate, I think that actually wraps up everything that we needed to talk to you about. It's been amazing to have you on the podcast. And we've also done it in exactly the amount of time that we said we would before which is a bit of a miracle given that this is our first time with a guest on the podcast but it's been an absolute pleasure good luck with the autumn internationals i'm sure we'll be able to come and watch at least one of the games and support you and the england team so yeah (laughs) for me it's uh it's a massive thanks and hopefully we'll see you on the podcast sometime in the not too distant future 
Yeah, yeah, I echo that. We've got to have you back soon, Tom. It's been great having you on. Hopefully with Johnny Hill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. get him on, get him on. <laughs> and, and just before you go, is there anything that you'd like to say to our listeners? Uh, guys, amazing podcast to be a part of. And uh, yeah, keep, keep tuning in because I'm sure they'll have some more interesting information coming your way. Um, definitely for me anyway. Awesome. Mate, Thanks, mate, means a lot. Thank you so much. Wow. What a chat that was. Charlie, what did you think of that? Yeah, obviously I really enjoyed it. It's great. It's great to get Tom on. I mean, what a first guest to get on here. And also, I tell you what, those are some pretty insightful selections. I well, I, I agreed with the first one. I put that up, you know. So I I think I think um well, I mean, actually who who trusts me, but I think uh, it was he, he put a lot of thought into those and, and, and we really appreciate that. So, yeah, great to get him on. Future guests, take note. That's where we're going to leave it for today, guys. Uh, it's been amazing to be able to record this for you guys. We really hope you enjoy it. Please do keep on talking to your friends about it and, and sharing it on social media. Um, so for today, that is a goodbye from me, Tristan Chusa. And it's a goodbye from me. Charlie Brown. We'll see you next week. Let's go. In the fact of it all. Indefatigable. 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 Indefatigable.